welcome to the Top Order podcast. It's the ninth match of Cricket World Cup 2023, Afghanistan versus India. We're also going to preview match 10. It's a big one. It's Australia versus South Africa. Who does the pitch favour? We'll also have a little bit of retrospect on today's game. Another big run rate swing in this World Cup. All coming up on the Top Order podcast. Stay tuned. Brilliant. That was some great quality audio production from me. That <laughs> mate, was superb. Mate, well, look, we never, ever tire of that, uh, that music that's available on all good free music download sites. If you want to listen to the full version, um, it gets really nice in the middle eight. But we're here talking about match nine in this T20, uh, sorry, 50 over. Um, you've, you've thrown me, Baldy. Um, well, sorry. Top, New, Zealand, New Zealand still sitting proud at the top of the table thanks to their... 1.9 net run rate, but India have made a pretty decent dent in that in match day nine today. Guys, what, what were your th- thoughts at half time in that game, first and foremost? Afghanistan uh, getting their way to yeah pretty respectable score, 272, but it got blown away uh, like a scud missile into the side of the destroyer that was uh, the Afghanistan um, first innings total. Yeah, what, what were the thoughts at half time? Did, did we give Afghanistan any any chance? Oh, probably not much of a chance, but I thought they did well to get to 270 from where they were at 60 for three. I mean, we talked in the preview about so much relying on their openers, Gerbaz and Ibrahim, to score the bulk of the runs for Afghanistan. We knew that they'd be a good bowling side, but the question mark really was whether or not they could score enough runs. And at 60 for three, it looked like, you know, it could have been all out 140, 170 at best. But, you know, the captain um, and, and Omazi put together a good partnership. They both made leading contributions. And I think, you know, Afghanistan should look back on that game against a good Indian attack that does feature Boomerah. It does feature some 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 decent spinners that really made Australia look pretty foolish, really, in, the, in their game. Um, and they made 270 for two. So I think that's a real highlight to take away from Afghanistan, even if the reality of the situation was that on that wicket, it was maybe 30 or even maybe 40 runs light. So it's an interesting one because we've talked throughout these these preview review uh, shows that wickets and handers is the key uh, for any any score that a side is setting or chasing. Afghanistan had wickets in hand going into that uh, you know last twenty overs, and it was just some great bowling by India that kept them to probably a, a more modest score. They were definitely set up to to double their score at the thirty over mark. Um, at the halftime mark, I would be you know happy that I've got something to bowl at. Um, but know that I'm slightly behind uh, behind the ball when it, when it comes to Afghanistan, and I need to uh, get some inroads early, which uh, unfortunately did not come. And what about that Indian batting performance, guys? Rohit, obviously the top of the order, but um, decent, yeah, decent strike rates. Ishan Kishan, um, a little bit circumspect, so sort of run a ball or thereabouts for him, but then, yeah, icing on the cake provided by we know who. Yeah, thoughts on their early tournament form, boys? Yeah, for for me, I um, am really excited that Rohit Sharma's hit some form early. Uh, Virat Kohli, uh, he he looks to be that he might just explode into some exposing form to. Uh, uh, sorry, explode into some incredible form uh, towards the end of this tournament, middle and end of this tournament. But the fact that Rohit Sharma scored runs early takes a bit of pressure off him, and he really set up this victory to, to help with that run rate early on. Um, I do have a question about uh, Shubman Gill and his sickness a little bit later on, but I'll just pass to Baldy. Uh, 
Yeah, look, I couldn't agree more, Raj. I mean, you have a look at the first two games for India. India were in a hole, worked their way back. Their middle order contributed heavily to that victory over Australia. And now in this victory over Afghanistan, it's their top order that got them off to a rollicking start in the power play. 94 in the first 10 overs. Mm -hmm. By the time Rashid Khan came on in what I think was maybe the 18th over, something like that, it was too late. India were none for 150 and the game was, was, you know, even with 120 to get, the game was all but done there. So the question mark for me is not so much India's batting, but why did Afghanistan wait so long? to introduce their strike weapon into the attack where he could have, even in the power play, been been so much um, so much danger. And, you know, you, you look at the way that teams have handled Rashid in years gone past, teams have had to sit on him at four, five and a half and over, even in T20 internationals. Um, he could have really wrested the momentum back in back in Afghanistan's favour a little bit. As it was, he bowled eight overs for 57. He still went for sevens and over, but... I think he could have been the game-changing kind of trump card that maybe Afghanistan, if they look back on their tactics, could have played him a little bit earlier. So I was going to the ask question you I little... have, and it's around Shubman Gill and sorry, Binksy, uh, the question I have is just you know Baldy broke the news around dengue fever and how long it takes to recover from it in, in one of our earlier pods. How worried are you as an Indian fan if he is out for the majority, if not? the whole tournament. I mean, Ishan Kishan's there. He's doing a great job. Well, he did a great job in this game. Mm. Uh, he looks like a bit of a Band-Aid. Uh, maybe that's being a little bit rude to him, but uh, are you worried as an Indian fan that Shubman Gill may not make this tournament? I, I don't know. They've got enough squad depth to be able to cover for him. Um, and if you have a look at the contributions of someone like Kale Rahul, who's batting at five, who could quite equally bat at the top of the order as well. They've got lots of different looks that they can throw at, um, that they can throw at opposition. So I'm not particularly concerned. Yes, Gill is an upgrade over just about anyone in the form that he's in, but I think it's much more important that they get him healthy. And if they bring him back underdone, Dengue's one of those ones where it saps your energy and it can sap your energy for a very long time. And if, if you relapse, you can really it, it's it's not quite as bad as glandular fever, but it can really it can really have some some interesting repercussions if you have a bit of a relapse. So the most important thing for Shulman is to get himself well, get himself healthy. In the interim, Isan Ishan Kishan, um, I hope I pronounced that correctly, I always get it wrong, um, is a fine replacement for him. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, Raj, and, you know, being a very lefty, quick. He does give them a little bit of a different option, a right-hand, left-hand at the top of the order. Binksy. Yeah, my very quick two cents on that. I think we've we've often talked about India's embarrassment of, of riches, particularly in that batting lineup. But I don't think they'll be super concerned. Um, you, you know, Ishan Kishan's got a pretty decent record himself, averaging you know, over 40 in, in ODIs. Obviously, a very, relatively limited sample size. And look, I, I do think we probably underestimate just how long this tournament is in terms of the you know 11,000 kilometers or something like that that India need to travel around um, the country over the course of the next uh, several weeks uh, so I think yeah as Baldy said really important to try and get everyone fit and I think we you know we're seeing that with a number of teams aren't we um, uh, Ben Stokes is in Cottonwall they haven't you know they haven't broken the glass and, and you know p- p- push the panic button on him just yet um, similarly looks like you know, Kane's coming right uh, for New Zealand and, and Tim Southey as well. Looks like he's going to be fit if if uh, if they need him for that next game. But I think yeah, very much a case of you know don't break the emergency glass until you need to on uh, on some of these guys. And um, is there anything else we want to cover before we move on, Raj? I know you're keen to 
uh, throw another couple of questions at Baldy about the, the game tomorrow, um, <laughs> South Africa, Australia. But any anything else on India, Afghanistan before we move on, or do you want to uh, tee Baldy up? Just just one thing from me, and it's around um, Jasper Bumrah, uh, really just dominating bowling innings with the areas that he's bowling, both with the new ball and like the death today where he took three of his wickets. Uh, he he's just such a point of difference, and and you forget that uh, you know a, a pace bowler can be that kind of point of difference with bowling good lines and then being able to absolutely uh, take the take the wind out of the sails of of a team going for it at the end. Uh, he is going to be a, a real point of difference for India. You couple that with the spin of Rahul and Jadeja in the middle, where they're just um, you know absolutely stifling attacks or batting batting attacks, batting counter attacks. India really do look like the Everest there of, of the cricketing world when it comes to the, the bowling. So it's going to be interesting to see what team can break away and score, you know, those 300 plus scores against them because they're going to need it. Yeah, well, they're going to have to attack, attack Siraj as as Afghanistan did. I mean, he went for 76 off his nine overs in this game and they're going to have to do what Australia did and attack Hardik, I think. Um, because you have a look at the way Jasprit bowled against Australia in that first game. He got his areas absolutely perfect. Little bit of movement, just enough to take the ball away from the edge of the bat. I mean, the one that he bowled to get, um, to to get, uh, did he get Marsh? Marsh got Marsh early with a really good one. That good opening batsman Nick off too. So you know he's going to be really really tough to handle um, in any kind of conditions that provide pace and bounce in this tournament. Even on that wicket that was pretty conducive to turn against Australia, he was outstanding. And you know four for thirty nine in this game. Say no more. He is the premier bowler in this tournament as far as pace bowling is concerned at at this point. Absolutely. And the scary thing is, he, you know, he operated, he knocked the cream off the top, didn't he? And then came back at the end. Um, didn't didn't really, you know, see that middle overs impact that he can have as well. Uh, we, we've talked about that a hell of a lot about having bowlers that can bowl in all three phases of the game. And uh, yeah, scary to think if he puts that together, um, that, you know, that's an even more mouthwatering prospect, particularly if you're an, an Indian fan. Uh, Raj, let's lead Baldy in. You've got some questions about his countrymen tomorrow against South Africa, who look in a pretty decent vein of form themselves. I think um, some records broken in their uh, in their last game. Um, we, we talked about them in the previous show. Um, they've started pretty well. Yep. So I guess my my main question to Baldy is is a simple one. It's how worried are you um, after the you know the commanding performance that South Africa's had in the their first game of this World Cup, and the absolute domination they had um, at the end of the Australian South Africa series leading into this World Cup. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Would you like the chicken little view or would you like the secret view? I've got I've got both. Which one would you like? Um, well, give us choice. both, Baldy. Okay. Time is time is of I'll, no I'll object here, except I'll, you've got two minutes. Fantastic. Okay, cool. Look, the, the chicken little view is that is that India had the wood over Australia coming into this match by virtue of their of their dominant performance in the in the warm ups and South Africa. If you look at the last three games in particular, the same. Uh, South Africa's batting in particular dominated Australia's bowling. If you want the the secret view and the view that I'm projecting out there into the universe, it's a slightly different bowling attack this time around that Australia are going to throw at South Africa. So they're going to be able to throw Stark. They're going to be able to throw Hazelwood, who I thought was excellent against India, and they're going to be able to throw Cummins at South Africa. Looks that they they didn't see as much. Okay, yes, they saw a little bit of Hazelwood in that warm-up series, but not as much. I think Australia have got a better bowling attack this time around 
to trouble the South Africans, to trouble guys like Temba Bavuma early doors. Australia are going to need to get more out of Adam Zampa, who they got nothing from against India on a wicket that should have suited him. And they got not very much from Ling Maxwell. The, um, the, as if you're in the Australian setup, if you're in the Australian coaching camp, the second full-time spinner for Australia. Now, mileage may vary on whether or not he's a full-time or a part-time spinner. Choose your, choose your words, whatever you like. We've seen part-time spinners, particularly guys like Ruchin Ravindra, do well at this World Cup so far. Australia need to get lots out of Maxwell. They need to get 10 overs at under six with a wicket or two from him. If he goes none for 70 off his 10, South Africa will get away from Australia. And you can see how damaging their middle order is. Klaassen, Miller, etc. They're the guys that can really take it away from Australia. Australia, oh, actually, to be fair, even their top four is in, is in good form. So Australia really have to get early wickets like they did against India. They have to put them under pressure with the ball. And we need to see something, anything, something from our spin contingent. Otherwise, it's going to be Australia having to chase 400. And I don't think we can do that. I think we could chase 300 with the guys that are in our in our side. Manus, Smith, etc. They can pace a 300 chase. I don't think we have the firepower unless Marcus Stoinis comes in for Cameron Green and scores 100 off 70 balls to to go from 300 to 400 in the last 10 overs. Yeah, look, it's a mouthwatering prospect that the teams have obviously got, I think, almost opposite records last five games, haven't they? I think South Africa, four wins and a loss in their last five, and Australia the other way around, um, four losses and and just a single, uh, yeah, single victory. Um, but it does look as if it is lining up as that batting attack for South Africa where... The guys that you know didn't perform in that game against Sri Lanka, the likes of Klaas and Bavuma, they're due a score. Um, and then you know to then have Rassi van der Dussen and uh, Quinton de Kock in, in form. Um, yeah, whilst that Australian bowling attack body is much vaunted and, and it's got a lot of skill, um, I'd imagine that they are um, seriously, um, yeah, seriously sort of putting some ink on that whiteboard um, to try and think about what the plans are for, for those guys over the course of the next twenty four hours or so, Raj. Uh, yep, last, last last question for, and I'll give it to you, Binksy. So, since the stadium uh, in Lucknow there has been resurfaced, uh, they've played, I think, four ODIs. I was reading uh, there, and the highest score batting first is 253. So, they are, you know, expecting maybe a lower scoring game uh, in, in this one day. Who do you think that benefits in that, that, that low scoring, more grinding game? Yeah, look, I'll take the, prop, the the proposition of the question, and and yeah, if it is a low-scoring game, I think that probably actually evens the playing field a little bit. To Bordy's point, it gives uh, Australia the ability to perhaps pace, um, pace a chase, or put a challenging, you know, a challenging target on the board for South Africa, and then say, you know, you guys chase that down against our um, our attack. But I think the one thing I would say is, you know, we we you know we we thought the last World Cup was going to be, you know, a high-run scoring World Cup. Um, we've probably said this one is probably more likely to be the case in these early pitches. I think the the real good thing about the pitches that we've seen so far, I think, is um, that we've seen a little bit of a little bit of pace in them for the for the seamers, which has which has helped the likes of a Jasper Brummer, someone who is class, um, who's going to you know extract whatever is in that wicket. But it's also meant that when guys get in, that you know they're going to go big. So. Um, again, I don't know how much you can. You, you've got to obviously do your scouting and look at what 
you know, the last five scores have been. But I think, you know, a World Cup's a little bit different. And, you know, this is going to be the first or second deck that they've used at Lucknow. And as the tournament goes on, the groundsmen get less and less time to produce, uh, you know, quality wickets when they've got less time in between the games and perhaps using a reused surface. Um, they've had some time to get, you know, the rolling and the hours into these, you know, these pitches, I would imagine, over the last couple of weeks. Um, and for me, that you know, that, that probably means that, you know, we might see something in excess of that um, of that par score. So, yeah, go and get your money on a low score um, is probably the, the you know, the, the synopsis of that entire ramble. <laughs> well, boys, it's been, a, yeah, an exci- exciting start to this World Cup. Plenty of intrigue over the course of the last... Uh, last several days, nine matches. Anything else before we we wrap things up? And we will, of course, be back in your feed uh, tomorrow with reaction to, to that game, of course. I think just just touching on the the futures of Australia and South Africa, the team that wins this game is going to go a long way towards qualifying for the semifinals. I think I think Australia and South Africa are pretty much locked in a battle around that three, four, five spot. We've seen some sides rise to the top early doors in this tournament. We've seen some sides that have, you know, started slowly, um, as we would expect. But I think this one for Australia, having lost the opening game to India, is, I I don't want to say must win, but they must win this game. If they go 0-2, it's going to be a long hill to climb to get back to, to get back to contention. If if South Africa can go 2-0 to start the tournament, they're well on their way to ensconcing themselves in that top four. And then there are sides out on the outside looking in trying to get into that top four. So a really, really big, um, a really, really big game for Australia and South Africa. Net run rate, not so much important for this game. I think the teams are looking at going, okay, well, we need to come away with two points. If we can do that by winning by five or 10 runs or seven balls or whatever, we'll take that. We don't necessarily need to win inside 35 overs to get a massive run rate boost. It's all about those two points at the end of the day. Awesome. Well, boys, nice to chat. I'm happy to announce that my new hotel on my uh, work trip has got Sky Sports. So I am going to be able to keep a little bit more up to date with the coverage than uh, yeah, trying to beg, steal and borrow um, app access here in the UK. So yeah, fun- fantastic. I've got the cricket channel on in the background at the moment. Um, bizarrely, it's showing a, a rerun of the 1996 World Cup. Um, yeah, can't believe they've not got some more recent highlights um, to stick on there, uh, given where we're at in the, this uh this tournament but yeah great to great to chat cricket with you boys and we will be back on the top order podcast pretty much every day throughout the course of this tournament with reaction uh, to games that have happened and previewing games coming up if you do want to see any particular content um, or opinions please drop a note in the social comments or drop us a line at the top order podcast at gmail.com or find our website the top order podcast.com but for now it is good night and god bless uh, from me here in London and from the boys uh, in Auckland it's uh, Kiora and good morning um, from Auckland and we'll see you see you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs>